This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every Christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the Bible, and that the primary business of the church and its ministry is to lead, foster, and encourage people in this life-changing habit. Okay, so we're back at it again. Uh, we're in Luke 1 through 6. We've uh, got Johnny with us, Lenny, Ben, myself, Judah, and we'll see. We'll see if we uh, if we make it through these uh, chapters. I don't know. I think we're on maybe week eight now or something. I'm not exactly sure. I lost count in here, but... Um, it's either seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, something like that. One of those numbers, but uh, we're going to pick up, and and I, I'd probably say just for, for the sake of, of our conversation, like limiting ourselves maybe to you know, five and six, maybe specifically six. So we can, you know, we, we got, we got, I think we're going to be in Luke for the rest of the year, maybe, but, uh, but let, let's, uh, let's hone in on this. But any, anyhow, anything that stood out to you guys as you've been reading it. Funny thing about how long we're spending on this. Um, I told you yesterday, I ran into uh, a pastor from another church while I was on my walk and I was telling him about like Thrive and everything. And like, oh, we also have a podcast and it's basically there's our Bible study. And it's like, man, we go really slow. We're like on week eight of Luke one through six. And he, he goes, yeah, I do a Bible study on Wednesday night. Um, we've been doing Acts for three years. Yeah. Oh. So you get it. Yeah. Oh, so you get it. <laughs> well, and, and the reality of it is, is this. I mean, yeah. we, we're still only doing a, a, a high level view of it, but... Yeah. Um, yep. You know, if, if you went verse by verse chronologically, I mean, it, it would take you forever to, to get through it. And that's what a, a lot of folks do. So this, we're just kind of hitting the highlights here. Anyhow, let's open it up. Anything stand out to you guys? In six, uh, I have this highlighted. Love your enemies. What was this? What verse? Uh, this is Luke 6, verse 27. Okay. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Mm -hmm. um, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. So I think that's like taken out of its context often where it's like, oh, you know, turn the other cheek. And it's like, it's, it's more, uh, people say it like, just get over it. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Turn the other cheek. It'll be fine. You know, man up. And this is something that, like, I had to, like, learn for myself, um, which is, you know, there's just sometimes you get, like, the spiritual attacks. Sometimes you get, like, you know, personal attacks or gossip or maybe, you know, work troubles or drama in your life, whatever the case may be. And it's like <clears throat> I've had to actively acknowledge this Bible verse in, in Luke and put it into practice. And it's like it says in James, it says, like, you know, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And I mean, I believe this is part of the Beatitudes technically. Um, yeah. but it really is like, so sometimes when I'm like, you know, maybe I'm under fire or there's drama in my life or, you know, someone's got it out for me or whatever the case may be, I'll often just stop right then and there when I'm feeling like that attack. And I'll just say, you know, heavenly father, thank you for all you're doing and all, and all you've done. Please just, I want to lift up this person, Lord, soften their heart, let them receive the gospel, grant them repentance, send them the Holy spirit to convict them. Right. I'm like, grant them salvation and sanctification. And I say, in, in, in Jesus name, I ask for this in accordance with your will that no one perish. And that's literally the prayer that I put together, you know, obviously taken from scripture, you know, but it's been such a stress reducer when I'm in situations like that mm. because I'm, I'm surrendering it and I'm, I'm offering it to God and he's so big in my heart and in my world and, and in, my, in my life. Of course, you don't, you don't think he can handle that? <laughs> Are you right. kidding me? You know? So it's just, like I said, I had it highlighted because I've yeah. seen it working. I've seen God fulfill his promises 
through this in my life in practice. Right. It's not just a word. And, you know? and, and here's the thing, too. Like you said, <clears throat> this verse, especially the turning the other cheek, gets taken for granted to some extent. But just think about the literal verse for a moment. Imagine someone coming up to you and slapping you open hand like Will Smith and Chris Rock, right? You know, and, and just, just slapping you as hard as they can. What What is your reaction? And that wasn't even a backhanded slap. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, 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 what, what, what's, what will be your reaction to that? I mean, Chris Rock was a little slow with the, yeah, with yeah, the, you yeah. know, the roll, the slip, you know. Oh, he put his bob and weave, he put his you know. Hand, he put his, his face up. Yeah, but still, he, but, he was, but, he was, but, but your reaction would be to either like you'd either be in shock or you'd attack back or you try to wanna, block. Especially on live television like that. It's everybody. Well, I'm not talking watching. about live television. I'm talking about I'm saying on the if, street. If, if yeah. you, if somebody right now comes up, if if I come up yeah. to you right now and just slap Bow. you across the face, some guy out there comes and slaps you across the face. What is your response? Yeah, you're like, why? Like, what did like, I do to what? deserve right. that? Like, I mean, what's going on? I mean, you know, well, is if, it if, if you blindsided me, that's one thing. But Anger. if I see it coming, I'm going to try to dodge out of the way and try to get my hands up, and then I'm no, gonna... no, we're talking. He connects. <laughs> he connects. Oh, he connects. Yeah, well, he connects. Then, yeah. Then, then I'm going to. Well, first of all, what the fat and. <laughs> I'm going to be ready to hit him, but first oh I'm going to le let him give me at least an explanation. Because, <laughs> like, what, like, maybe you thought I was you somebody else. Why you just well, hit yeah, me, bro. Can, yeah, but what if you knew him? Yeah. yeah. Well, if I know Judah him, walks up to you and he just belts you across well, the face. Well, then he, he's going to give me an explanation, I would think. Nope, maybe. And then you turn the other cheek and he hits the other one. <laughs> well, and, and, see, and see, that's the thing. I mean, because, because, because the, 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 the religious, like, I, I appreciate your answer. Because the religious side of things says, oh, I would turn the other cheek. Yeah. Eh. Really now? Really would you? And, and, but and that this is, is the me. Thing. I, that's this is the thing that me we, giving we, you an explanation. That is me turning the other cheek because I am ready to hit you. Right. I'm no, ready I, to get this going. But but that's what I'm saying is is it's like, but what I'm saying is, is that we, we take it for granted. It's like, oh, just turn the other cheek. Yeah. It's like as if... Hmm. This is just, oh, you know, of course, just turn the other cheek. It's like, wait a minute. It's like, like we can say that all day long until you get slapped in the face yeah. and then we want to deck the guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. We're talking about turning the other cheek and, and some of us, we can't even allow someone to cut us off in traffic without flipping them the bird. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we, we can't even, we can't even allow, you know, somebody to, you know, uh, uh, you know, overcharge us for something and us not go in there and, and rip into them. You know about. I want to speak to the manager. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. A, there's a uh, a house in Terryville. It's a couple blocks away from the church. Uh, if if I describe it, you guys, if you've driven by, you know what I mean. They they were all Trump all over the house. Like the house is like decorated like a Trump billboard or an F Biden billboard. However you want to do it, like, whichever guy the way the the guy's feeling at the moment. And somebody stopped in front of his house. I drove by this person and we stopped in front of his house. They had their window open and they were just yelling at his house. So what you're saying is he wasn't turning the other cheek. Yeah, I see what you're getting at there. He's leaning into it. Yeah, he's leaning into it. And it's like, yeah, what, basically what I take from it is like when, when he's saying like turn the other cheek, it's like it's obviously a lot harder um, to do, you know, easier said than done. But he's saying like if you, if you get hit, it's like don't retaliate. Yeah. Like instead bless that person. Instead right. pray for that person. Instead like like you got, you got something in the face. It was unpleasant. But like your, your flesh wants you to – or your pride wants you to stand up for yourself. Right. How dare somebody do that to me? Or you're not going to get away with that. I'm going to I'm going to get my my vengeance or my revenge. I'm going to administer justice. And like what does it say in scripture? It says vengeance is God's. Yep. Right? It's like he says I am justice. He says like I'm going to right all the wrongs in the end. I'm going to bring like the balance to the force if you will. You know what I mean? Like And and here's the thing, take this one step further, right? We 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 will maybe turn the other cheek and kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit. 
but remember staples had like the easy button mm, you know yeah. like that was easy mm. jesus is not just slapped but beaten with rods spit mm. at whipped with cat and nine tails um betrayed by judas yeah betrayed by judas you know nailed to a cross and he's got the easy button yep. mm-hmm. he could push it and stop it yep. mm-hmm. he could just call down angels yeah if you want stop to. it he just say, ah, i'm done i'm done i'm out you know, and, and he doesn't. And so talk about turning the other cheek. I mean, it's like he do, it says, you know, he, he went like a lamb to the slaughter. He did not retaliate. He did not strike back. I mean, here we are having a difficult time not retaliating when somebody just gives us a little, you know, slap across the face. And he's having people like literally, you know, beat him. And it's like like this past Easter, um, I watched uh, – a documentary with the kids on the, the Strata turn because we've been kind of discussing it and they were kind of curious about it and so we watched it. And every time I watch it, I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of carnage on this thing that you see and you're just like, and even my kids were like, like this is insane. And how it survived. Yeah, like how somebody could like like go through this. I mean, you know, and, and what one of the points that they brought up was that generally in, uh, in Roman times, um, they would either they would either whip you or they would crucify you. Never both. But never both. And so just the fact that this person had but went through both and there's no body. I mean, and again, there's still debate and speculation. There's never going to be a 100% way to prove whether it's real and authentic. Yeah. But that being said, it's like you look at that and you're like, wow, this person suffered. Yeah. And then thinking, and he never raised up his hand to block the punch. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and, just, and, and and no retaliation. Yeah, no retaliation. Yeah, he overcame it through through love. You know. Well, it's an opportunity. Well, yeah, when we get faced with difficult situations where it's a yeah a slap to the face, it's an opportunity where we can glorify God. Yeah. But we're not quick to think that we want to retaliate quickly. And another thing um, that when I read that and we're talking about it, just like discussing it, you know, the Bible often will give us like a teaching or or a lesson. It'll talk about things of heaven or things of earth. But then what you see in this is that Jesus lived it. He put it into practice. It's like he didn't just say, turn the other cheek. He showed us that he turned the other cheek. And it's not like it's just in the Bible. There's like there's like Tacitus's record of it. There's like Josephus's record of it. There's so many other non-Christian sources that talk about the crucifixion of the man, Yeshua HaMashiach, that we would call Jesus. And it's like you see that he literally did it. Mm. Right. It, so it's not just it's not just him teaching. Hey, this is what we should do. It's him living it, right. and then outside sources corroborating. Like, yeah, this guy actually uh, yeah. he he went he went willingly, yeah. you know, for the arrest. He he went willingly to the cross. He went willingly, and just if you say I am, right. you know. So mm-hmm. it's one it's one of the things God's been showing me lately too. Is like one of the things that freaked me out as I was reading the Bible is I was like, what's with uh, this? May sound totally off topic, but it's not. It relates to the whole. Uh, learning what God is teaching and then watching him practice it. And that's the example for us is we learn it and then we go and do it. So one of the weird things I thought, I was like, what's with the circumcision in the old Testament? Mm. Like, like why, why did David have to, you know, collect all the foreskins <laughs> and like, and like, and why did God ask them to, to be circumcised on the eighth day? And like, what's the whole point of that? You know, it just seems so weird and like off topic, but it's like, what is circumcision? It's the removal of flesh. Right. From something that essentially gives you pleasure, right. just as lewd as that sounds, right? And then so, like, when you read later on in the New Testament, it's talking about how your heart has been circumcised. I think it's in Romans. There's parts in Hebrew that, like, harken back to it. It's like, what? Are, who are our three enemies? Our flesh, our own sinful nature, right? 
the world and then the devil. I bring it up all the time. So God's saying when you're born again, when you've been baptized of the water and the spirit and you've been resurrected, you've been given this new life, you're made a new creation in Christ, you've shed the desires of your flesh. So you don't keep on sinning with your flesh. <clears throat> you don't have to go back to that. You've been set free. That's one of my favorite Bible verses is John eight thirty three. Who the son sets free is free indeed. So it's like, we were told about it in the Old Testament physically. Yeah. We were taught about it in the Old Testament. We were taught about it in the New Testament. And then what do you see? It's like, it's a sign of our sanctification is that we've, we've had that sin removed from us. We've shed the desires of the flesh. And now our desires are like righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we're putting that into practice. If you're being sanctified by the word, if you're being sanctified by fellowship or a church or whatever the case may be, or by Christ alone, it's like, or the Holy Spirit, you're actually living it out now. Yeah. And that's something that I'm experiencing is I'm experiencing like being set free from sin. I'm, I'm experiencing like mm -hmm. living out the word, not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so transformative. And again, it's exactly what I'm taking from Jesus. It says, love your enemies. But I say to you, um, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. It's like, have you ever been robbed before? You ever been cheated? He's saying, no, give them more. They need it more than you, apparently. Right. Let them know that it's okay. Like, here, I'll help you. I'll be a blessing to you, even though you feel like destitute, even though you're angry and violent or, or a criminal. Like, I'm there to comfort you. And that's exactly what Christ lived. He lived a life where he blessed criminals, where he blessed sinners, where he, where he healed lepers. It's just incredible yeah. stuff. And this one passage you can take from it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's something that I was kind of brought up with was this whole idea because it's like, you know, I, I had the, the, a lot of things stolen. The thing that kind of was the recurring theme in my life was getting bikes stolen. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just like I remember the first time it happened and my dad just sitting down like saying, okay, well, look, somebody took it and you can hold on to this or we can let it go. And you know what? Like, let's just give it to them. In our mind, let's just chalk it up to, this was a gift. Like, God, don't even hold this against them. Like, this is a gift for me to them, you know? And <clears throat> I had to do that numerous times because I had like probably three or, four, <laughs> three or four bikes stolen over the years. But then I had other things stolen, you know? And it's like, and, and now it's like, that's the response. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, God, mm, much as I hate to give them this, um, I'm going to give it to them. And and it, it's it's like getting in that, that habit of, yeah, like you said, and, and I'm just giving them what they took. I'm not going above and beyond. Yeah. Although there was one instance when, when my when my base was stolen, um, I was like, I wish I could like put an ad in the paper or on Craigslist or somewhere saying, look, to whoever stole my base, I'm going to leave the case out in the front lawn. <laughs> Come grab the case. Because like, don't just carry this thing around. <laughs> case, but uh, yeah. in the end, we ended up recovering it, which was uh, which is God's providence, of course. But um, yeah. But, you know, it's just like, like all of these things, like just being able, and but that was another thing. It's just like, I give it, give it away. It's like, give it away. In the New, in the New Testament, what does it say? Like so, someone, I forgot who it was, someone was asking Jesus and it's like, well, you say to like forgive people if they sin against you. What, what if they keep sinning against you? Right. Like how many times am I supposed to forgive them? Right. Like, let's be real here. And yeah. what does he say? Something like 70 times 70. Seven. Times seven. seven. Yeah, he says seven. Right. He says, no, 70 times seven. Yeah, he says, right. just keep forgiving them. Yeah. He said, over until, until they get it, again. until they receive the grace, yeah. until they understand your grace, until they understand my grace. And you know, there's religious sects out there that hold to that 490. Yeah. You're like, well, you've been forgiven 490 times. Your That's next per day, though. 
per day. Yeah. Oh, that's not sad. But, but, but you got to remember a day is from sunset. <laughs> But yeah, but it's, it's it's interesting to discuss, you know. Well, you know, um, taking this uh, what one verse back, uh, twenty six. Yeah, I just think this is a an applicable verse for the life that we live. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so did their fathers, so for so their fathers did to the false prophets. And like you look at things like social media, or you look at all these things, and it's like people, us, we're striving for people to speak well of us and yet here he's saying woe to you when people speak well of you like literally that's what they, they yeah. get they were they were praising the false prophets not the real ones right they and, were killing the real ones right exactly yeah they, they were killing the real ones and praising the false ones and so so sometimes it's like when people praise you it's like is that a encouragement or is that a red flag <laughs> you know? and it's like maybe we should start looking at these things as a red flag you know I mean, this, if we're going to keep going backwards here and we go to 20, 25 and 24, I'll just start at 24 and lead into 25. Chapter hey. 1. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Genesis 1-1. One, one. In the beginning. <laughs> so this is Luke chapter 6, uh, verses 24 and 25. Mine's titled, and this is English English version, Jesus Pronounces Woes, which I'm, all, I'm always fascinated by these. Because if, you know, if all things were made through Jesus, is what it says in John 1-1, one, one, right? It's like, Jesus is telling you, like, nah, bro. <laughs> like, this is... Woe to you. This is, this is not good. He says, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. So like, if we just pause there, in our modern day and age, rich means financially. Oh, you made it. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Sad, you don't have to worry about finances, right? Stuff, yeah. But I think like, from what little I understand, rich and poor in a biblical context of the Old Testament or, you know, 2,300 years ago, is like, it's not just money. It's, it's maybe in your harvest, maybe it's in your family, maybe mm. it's in your understanding, maybe it's in your status, like your honor level in society. Mm. It could mean a great multitude of things. So like you could be the poor in spirit versus being rich in spirit. You know, every, everything is great. So <clears throat> I don't think it necessarily means that if you have a lot of money, you know, Jesus saying, you know, woe to you. I think, I think, I mean, maybe in some cases, it depends on how you carry you know, are you willing to share or are, you know, are, are you willing, willing to, to buy Twitter for, for 44 <laughs> billion dollars? Yeah, but whatever. And then right below that is, woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. And if anyone here has ever gotten hunger pains or been hangry or whatever, or even gone many days without eating, like actual like starvation, like this is a great thing to hear. Because oftentimes when you're like in pain and suffering, our, our fleshly or our instinct is to be jealous of people, to be covetous of people to be envious. And I remember there was a time in my life I was getting coffee before heading into um, work with a buddy of mine. I remember there was a, a guy who pulled up to the drive-through of this like Dunkin' Donuts. I'm inside yeah. and he's got like a nice BMW. He's wearing like this really nice suit and it just came right out of me. I, I, I just was like, look at me, I went to college. I said something like that under my breath and my one of my best friends is just dying laughing. He smacks me, he's like, dude, that's so funny. And I thought to myself like, yeah, screw that guy. He's got it made. Right. He's got this awesome new BMW. He's got a great suit. You know, this guy's probably got it all. I don't know that guy. That guy didn't, didn't deserve that. But I was jealous in that moment because I didn't graduate high school. Right. I was homeless. I'm like busting my homework for other people. And it's just yeah. like right. I was just so bitter at that point in my life. You yeah. know? And so when I read, woe to you who are full, <clears throat> for you shall be hungry, that's, that was like, that was my mindset. It's was like, you know what? Screw that guy. Right. But I've actually, I've actually gone hungry before. Most people like have never, at least in America, very few people have experienced real hunger like that. You know what I mean? So, right. 
So I was more than happy to be like, you know what? Woe to you who are full. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and I think how Jesus is speaking here, and I talked about this a little bit last time, was that he was flipping it on its head because as he's speaking, you know, you got the multitudes, right? And then and then you've got the VIP section. Are you talking about like like while he's giving the beatitudes, he's right. talking to a great multitude right. of people? Right. Okay, okay. So you got everybody's gathering there. They've traveled from all over the countryside. Here's a great here. prophet. Here's right. the potential messiah. So all these people, these down and outers, these bums, these people that got nothing better to do with their life, and they're all coming, and they're probably on the cheap seats, right? And not that they charge for admission, but then you've got the the VIP seats. Right. And, and now that Jesus set this up, but I, but I assure you, there was VIP seats where the Pharisees, as they're coming through, the crowds are parting. Yeah. Their like, nose is up in the yeah, air. And they're like, we're coming to the front of the line. Mm -hmm. We're coming up. They're sitting over here. We want to hear everything. Now they've got ulterior motives. Sinners in the back. Right. And, and, and they want to hear what he's saying because likely they want to trap him. Um, they're certainly being, they're analyzing every word out of his mouth any way it could be misconstrued or used to get and so they're they're the vip section though right so you've got the multitudes and i can i can picture in my mind that there's a group off to the somewhere that is all the vips all the the pharisees and then you probably over here you got the sadducees and you got scribes mixed in some of the sanhedrins there you got roman guards kind of on their surrounding yep. Yep. and then you've got just the mass of just everybody else right. and and they're used to somebody saying Blessed are you, rich people, you smart people, righteous. you righteous, you know, you're doing everything right. And, and I can almost see like this, like twinkle of anger on Jesus's eye as he's like, blessed are the poor. Woe to you who are rich, who are here in the front row, who just, you know, blew a trumpet and part of the crowd so you could get here to the front. He's like, woe to you who are rich. You've, you've already received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now. These people in the back haven't eaten in three days. Yeah. And, 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 and they're following me to try to like, right. see what and, I'm and, about. And you've yeah. got like three servants following you with your whole lunch prepared for you. Yeah. Powder in your nose. You know, yeah. And it's like, woe, woe to you when everybody speaks well of you. Everybody here is like, oh, wow, look, all the Pharisees are here. The, the San oh, someone from the Sanhedrin's here. Oh, my goodness. All the murmuring and yeah. yeah. It's like, woe to you when people speak well of you. And then he says, but I say, love you. And, and he just goes into this. And, and again, I mean, I'm not saying this is exactly how it happened. This is just how I picture it. But it's like, visualizing in the moment it what these were not innocuous words that he was speaking this was fire coming out of his mouth when he was speaking yeah, if, like, he's, if he's saying woes it's like that's a big deal right Cause especially because he had all the the, yeah. the clout and all the I mean, hype everybody's around him. like what do you yeah all right jesus yeah yeah toss another woe you know i mean some of these people are like oh oh yeah well, woe to you. Just imagine how it made you feel if you were like a prominent member of like the Sanhedrin or whatever, or a Sadducee or a Pharisee or a scribe, and like everybody knows you as being righteous, and he right. just and he just says that because you you're like this might be the Messiah who's going to set us free from Roman occupation. He's gonna he's gonna run him down with a chariot, and then you hear him. He's just like woe to you, and you're just like woe woe to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like who does he think he is? It also makes me think of like when it says and when you pray, it says in the New Testament when you pray, like don't repeat things over and over again out on the street corners for everybody to see. You, you know, they see people they think they're heard for their many words, right? It's like he's like truly I say to you, they've they've received their reward already, which is all the attention from shouting on the street corner their prayers. Like he often would flip things on on its head like that, you know. Judah, even as you're describing that, if you go back to well, uh, chapter six, verse ten, it says he looked around at them one by one. So he's talking about the Pharisees and the teachers. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and he was restored. At this, 
the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what they were going to do with him. What blows my mind a little bit is that the next verse reads, One day soon after Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he prayed all to God all night. He went then to daybreak and called all together, his, all, his, all his disciples, and just called them out one by, like, one by one. Just literally just like looked at you and just said, like, you. Ben, Judah. And didn't say nothing, and then they followed him to the crowds. Yeah. Right? And so as he's like hyped up and telling all these people, you know, woe is you, he's also seeing, like his disciples are there seeing this too, witnessing like, like a courageous, like uh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, like speak up for this kind of, you know, like, and, and I don't know, like that, that fires me up. Like I'm standing behind Judah too. Like we're standing alongside each other because we both feel we have a calling. So it's, in other words, it's like, we want to be called, but then we get scared when we hear the voice of Jesus. Yeah. We get slapped, and then we have an opportunity to, ref, you know, to show Jesus, and we don't want to. An, an, another part that I had highlighted is in, in the Beatitudes, chapter 6, verse 22. And I, I heard this this morning. I was listening to it as I was getting ready before we were coming in. And it just, it just clicked. <clears throat> Blessed are you when people hate you. And when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, the Son of Man being Jesus, right? Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their yeah. fathers did to the prophets, excuse me. So like, so think about that. Jesus is saying the prophets that God sent, I saw this great video. Let me start with this. I saw this great video on, uh, on social media. It said, imagine if God did exist, right? It's, it's like a little animation. Imagine if God did exist and he wanted to reveal himself to humans. How would he do it? How, how, what's the, what would be the best way you think to do it? If he just shows up and he says, hey, here I am, God in human form, people would be like, okay, crazy. Like, we, you know, come into this pattern. We have a room for you. Here you go, you know? And he says, so, you know, the way the Bible shows that God said that he would come to us is he sent messengers who were able to do miraculous and amazing things to foretell of, of the God would come. And th these people, we call them prophets. They came, they said they had a relationship with God, look at what he could do. And then they proved that God was supernatural and it blew their minds. And what did people do? They killed him. So you have so many Old Testament prophets talking about who, who would come. And that would be the best way to reveal who you are. And, and in 22, that's what you see, it says, it says, you should leave for joy when people are spurning your name. If people are cursing, if people are, are giving you a hard time on account of me, mm. you should be happy because mm. that's what they did to the prophets. And how close were the prophets to me? Mm. You know, mm. like, like it, if, you're, if, if, if you're, right. if you're being, if you have spiritual warfare right. against you, there you go. that means you're doing it right. Mm. You're, you're a threat to Satan's you kingdom. You're, you a, you're a threat to the world. You're, you're doing the, the work of the kingdom. So it's just, I think that's so awesome. When, when I heard that, I just was like, you know what, when I, when I, when I get a, let's say a spiritual attack or I get a problem in my life, am I leaping for joy? Cause I'm doing it right. Or am I like, oh man, I, sh I probably shouldn't keep going in this direction. This is getting hard. You know what I mean? It's the complete opposite. I need to go, you know, if I was going hundred percent in that direction, I need to go 110 and just blast through that wall because I have God with me. Right. Yep. So, and I have to remind myself of that. I do. Yeah. Yeah, we, I think we all do, man. Yeah. You know, the closer you get to God, the, the more interesting your journey becomes. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. ups and downs, you know. I'm looking back at uh, 13. He uh, called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. 
So I'm picturing in my head because like he goes and he starts listening off all the names. It's like uh, you ever play like play baseball and they have like the the captains and the captains pick the teams. Lenny, I know you've done this. And imagine being the guys who don't get picked for the team. Yeah, it's me because I'm short. <laughs> you're like, you know, like, well, I could have been in the rest of life. You're like, yeah. well, I could have been the 13th one, but he only had room for 12. He told me, he told me I was supposed to be the 13th one. <laughs> yeah, you're saying you're saying being left out of being called. Yeah, I'm like, how many, first of all, it doesn't say how many disciples were there, but just imagine, like, how would you feel if you were there and you're one of, the, and you're like, you know, you want to call yourself the 13th one because you didn't get picked. Well, the the reality of it is, I don't think it was as cut and dry then as it was later, I think it became more increasingly apparent who the 12 were because we know that he had, at the very least, 70 mm -hmm. disciples wow. because okay. right when when, uh, when he sent them out on their first mission trip, he sent them out two by two and there was 70 of them. And that wasn't including the women that were traveling right. with him too. Oh, okay. So, I mean, there was, he had an entourage mm -hmm. of people that were following him. And he said that they had the 70, and then you've got the 12 and then you've got the three. So it's like, I, I kind of think that maybe after the fact, um, they kind of said, okay, here were the ones that were most significant in the ministry yeah. and in the work. And here was his closest friends mm -hmm. and whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you um, think he was like splitting it off? Like, like kind of formation, like, okay, these are these 12 guys, you're all going to be in charge of groups doing different ministries. Maybe um, th these are, these are also people who are probably, um, with him all the time, you know, throughout his entire three year or however many years it was, uh, somewhere two to three year, two to three and a half year, maybe, uh, ministry. These were, they were with him the entire time. Most likely some of these people might come and travel with him for a couple months and, and don't stick around for the whole thing. Cause they've got other family commitments or whatever. So they, they were the 12 that were consistent that they were there probably for the longest period of time. But we do know that there was a whole group of women that were along there too, and then we know consistently, that, yeah. yeah. That that Peter, James, and uh, 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 John were like the the three that were like the inner circle, even yeah. more of than, the twelve, yeah, than than that of the twelve. Well, so. just like you said about your story about the base and how it was God's providence that that base would come back to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of this is uh, God's providence because, and I'm speculating here. This is pure assumption, like on my part. There's the twelve tribes of Israel, right? Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like, maybe each one of them was a representative of those original tribes of the children, like the, mm -hmm. the, the promise, the covenant, the sons of Jacob, you know, the tribes of Israel. So that's what I think in my mind, especially with like Revelation, sure. the 144,000 yeah. and those kinds of theories. But that's all, like I said, conjecture, yeah. right? Now, you have to remember that Judas Iscariot, who would be the one to betray him, that was prophesied in the Old Testament, right. the 30 pieces of silver, the right. field purchased with the money that was no good. So yeah. like, at least... so. You have to see God's providence in the in the picking right. of the twelve because one of them has to fulfill that prophecy. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So it, it, it all had to come to pass. I, and that 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 one scene always kind of sticks in my mind. I've never really seen it portrayed maybe as well as I visualize it. But Je with Jesus calling Judas mm -hmm. and saying, "Come follow me," yeah. like it just must have been like like everybody around is like, "Oh, he's getting another one," mm -hmm. and he's like, "Judas, come follow me." De like, with, De Devil, come follow yeah, me. It's like like with, with full awareness. Of where this was going to yeah, end. Yeah, what's going to happen, exactly. You know, and it was like, I want you. Turning the cheek, talk about turning yeah. the cheek. He picked Judas. Yeah. It, yeah, it, absolutely wild. And then you're talking about, like, you know, how he picked the apostles and, like, being left out, like, last kicked in, yeah. or last picked in kickball or whatever, right? Yeah. 
uh, this is jumping forward, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But if you, it, we eventually will get to Luke eight, and this is one of my favorite parables. It's the parable of the sower. It's the four types of soil, planting the seeds, and mm -hmm. how they react to essentially yeah. hearing the scriptures. But just below uh, eight is eight. What? Luke chapter eight verse nine. Oh, I'm jumping oh, man. just because it correlates to the apostles, the picking, right? That means we're yeah, my mind know, right? <laughs> this is a good sign. We're going forward, right? Yeah. So, so he so he 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 gives the disciples this parable about the four types of soil and planting the seeds and, and what it all means. And they it says in uh, chapter eight verse nine. And when his disciples asked him, "What this parable, man?" They're like, "What does that even mean? Like what?" You know? He said to he he, he said. To you, it has been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So often Jesus spoke in parables so that people could understand, but it's also like, it's it's almost like secret information right. that is for... Yeah, it's veiled information for those who have ears to hear or eyes to see. Those who are earnestly seeking God will find him. Seek and, and you shall find, right? So it's like... It's just like how he, how he picked those people. Some were left out. He's telling you in, you know, we'll, we'll get to Luke 8. He's telling you that some people are left out because of how their heart is. Yeah. They, they have already decided eternally that they would never accept God, even knowing that he is good, even knowing that he will die. No matter what, they're just like, you know what, then if God is so good, he wouldn't have killed my grandma. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I don't want to be a part of, I don't want to worship a God who lets my grandma die or lets little kids get cancer yeah. or allow the Holocaust well, to happen. Yeah. They've already decided in their heart, but, nope. Nope, no matter how much you tell me about this guy, I've already, I'm dug in. Nope, not going to do it. Yeah. And sadly, there's a lot of people in this world that are like that. I just can't help but thinking how, how dumb the disciples must have felt all the time. Because it's like they probably have these gatherings. And, 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 and the buddy's like, hey, man, you invited me to come to this Do thing. I like, even what, know anything? What the heck was he talking about? Yeah, what does he mean by and, that? And, and, and you're just like, just, just shut up, listen. Like, it's obvious what he's talking about, all right? right? Like, I mean, he's pretty well, some kind of loser. Yeah. And then after, like, and like, Google it. I don't yeah. have time to explain this stuff to you. He's like, Jesus, uh, what the heck are you talking about? And, 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 or, or the guys are all gathered like, you ask him this time. No, no. I asked him last time for crying out loud. You're the one that's going to look like the yeah. idiot this time. Okay, come on. Draw straws. Okay, Ben, you asked Jesus what the heck he was talking about. What was he talking about? Like, oh, you guys still have no faith. Like, what is your problem here? It's like, and, goes, and goes harder. <laughs> Which is great, right? Because I, I, I made the joke. I was like, see, can you find, ask and it'll be given, right? And that's what you see here in this next mm -hmm. part is he right. says, it says, and his disciples asked him what the parable meant. And if you know the next part of Luke here, he explained, he goes, this is what the parable means. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he actually, like you'll hear it in the Bible. Jesus then had to say it plainly. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Lazarus is not asleep. He's actually dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like all the, the, the comedians and his best friends have to say, I didn't get the joke. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, ah, exactly. oh, okay, fine. You know, it's like, the, you know, the chicken was crossing the road because he wanted to get to the other side. Yeah, like, oh, oh, okay. okay. So, so, but why did he do it? Yeah. That's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. 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 But just, it it's also reminds me of like uh, the when he says like he's talking to the, the crowd of people and he says like, uh, unless you eat of my flesh, you know, and you drink of my blood. And then it says something along the lines of like, and this was a hard teaching. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like pe many people did not understand and the crowd began to disperse. It's like, and then, that was the deal breaker for me. Yeah. This guy's talking about cannibalism. I'm out. Yeah. And then and Jesus. Like, yeah. All right, I'm hungry. Let's go. But then, then Jesus looks at his closest ones. He's like, so you guys going to? Yeah. 
and, and Peter's like, uh, he's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. we've already left everything to I come. Like, for us to leave now, like, we're going to look horrible. We go, but like, like, I don't know. He was talking about drinking blood and eating flesh. Like, so I was out. I mean, I'm, like, I'm okay like, with not leaning on my own understanding for this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back and like, you know, crawling home to my, my wife and tell her that I, you know, like have to explain all this. It's like, nah, I think I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah. He's like, well, I saw him walk on water. He let me walk on water. And then I, I, I stopped focusing on him. I started to sing. You know what? I'm just going to let it slide. He rescued me. Yeah. I'll just pray that he explain it one day, but I'm not going to ask about this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then fast forward to Passover, right? Yeah. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it's wild, but it's like, like we have the luxury of seeing the timelines compressed and the whole context of it. Whereas if you're living it, and that's what I like to do with these scriptures is like put my, like I said, with the thing with the Pharisees in the front of the crowd, like put myself in the scene for a moment and just kind of like look around, you know, in VR and just kind of like say like, okay, what, what's going on here? Like, what must you be thinking if you've got no clue what's happening next? Like this, this must've been crazy. Like, I mean, I just got the, this great VR idea. Oh boy. <laughs> The 13th apostle, oh, yeah, and it's yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You don't speak or anything. Yeah. You're, you're, just you're, you're, you're just there. You're just there. Yeah. A new bumper. <laughs> so I, I can't remember what part of the Bible it is, but it says that, like, um, the just shall live by faith, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say it was Micah, but I could be wrong. And then also, like, um, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Right. So in those moments where there is a hard teaching, or maybe you can't maybe comprehend, are you giving your faith to God? Are you trusting in him alone? Are you literally trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in God the Father? Are you trusting in the Holy Spirit? Because that's like, that's what we're challenged regularly with these things, yeah. you know? A tough teaching, you know? You read something you don't want to see in the Bible, you're like, wait, what? Moses didn't get into the promised land. Yeah. He did all that work for, like, that's not, that, I thought God was just. And it's like, well, let me just, let me just trust him here. Yeah. There's a, there was a purpose for this. And then you learn about how Joshua crossed the river to lead them into the promised land. And then you're like, you see the correlation between Jesus's name mm -hmm. yeah. and Joshua's name, meaning salvation. Wait, salvation being delivered yeah. <laughs> from the, from the hands of the evil one into the land of milk and honey. It's like all these things start firing off. And then you're like, oh, okay. I can see. I was once blind, but now I see, yeah. you know, like. I'm being revealed, like things are being revealed to me through the word. Yeah. It's alive, you know? Yeah, well, if there's one thing God has, it's patience, you know, and he's he's playing a long game, you know? It's like- The eternal one? Yeah. You like, don't say. Like, like, like with the Abraham and the, and then the Moses and the Joshua and, you know, the Davids and Jesus and like all, all the, the, the characters in the story, it's like, it's a slowly unfolding thing that we have, unlike many people in history, we have the luxury of being able to look at the entirety of that story at least not obviously the second coming but um but that part we got the luxury of looking at and being like oh yeah you know of course you know they, they should have gotten it and you know turn the other cheek like what, what's these people's problems and what's the pharisee's problem trying to kill this guy but it's like when you're living it like in the thick of he it. was a criminal right i mean by all accounts jesus yeah, was yeah. a criminal yeah like i always say i'm like jesus and all of his best friends and followers they were all death row inmates yeah. and they, all, they almost all of them died and, and, in fact you know? i've challenged people with this i'm like and, and i mean maybe it's an unfair statement but i say it to make a point i'm like if if, if you hear the story of jesus and you do not and, and you don't assume that you would have been a pharisee trying to crucify jesus then you've probably missed the whole story yeah. It's like, if you assume that you would have been Peter, like you're probably off base. You need to go into this story assuming that you would have been one of the Pharisees yelling out, crucify him. 
And, and it's like, especially us who are, you know, in, you know, in faith and all this stuff, it's like, you know, we, we need to, to go with that humble uh, position of saying, you know what? I probably would have been Judas. Like I probably would have been a Pharisee. I probably would have been one of these guys trying to like disturb things. Like, like, like Pilate, he's like, it's a custom that once a year I let out a prisoner. Right. Should I, should I let out Yeshua? Should I let out Jesus? Or should I free Barabbas? Right. For sure guilty, Jesus for sure innocent. And what does the crowd all shout? Right. Barabbas, right. free Barabbas. Like you read that story, you're like, how could they choose Barabbas right. over Jesus? And yeah. then, and then yeah. if you're, and you're thinking, I would never do that. <laughs> and, yet, and yet every time we choose sin, willful sin right. over right. God, we're wow. choosing Barabbas every single time. That, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's yeah. so powerful. Wow. Like, yeah, it's wow. so, it's such and, a powerful and concept. The same people very likely that were throwing out their coats and their palm branches a few days earlier, yeah, earlier. saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, yes, free us, save know, us. And, and here he is. And then now, so now they're like, oh, you know what? Crucify him. So, wow. And, and like you said, the thing of it is, is the reality is Jesus went to the cross because of not your sin, but my sin, right. you know, not, not, not that I'm trying to discredit yours, but it's like, I got to take it personally. It was my sin. Who's the most sinful yeah, of all yeah, of us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul said he was. Um, but but and, that, and that's why he said it, because it's like, you know, I know my sin better than I know your sin. And, you know, my sin is enough to get a man killed. You know, that's basically what, what he's saying. In the sight of God, yeah. You know, and, and it's like, and yet, you know, sometimes we take the, the hero of the story, like, oh, I would never have done that. And, oh, I would have been, you know, right there. I would have been, you know, I would have been, Holy you know, Ma Mary worshiping at his feet. I would have been, you know, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe you would have. But it. But statistically speaking, you wouldn't have. You, you wouldn't have been. Statistically speaking, more people wanted him dead than alive. Yeah, yeah. Statistically speaking, more people wanted a few loaves of bread, and when he talked about really following him, they abandoned him. So statistically speaking, even his best disciples, they all abandoned him in the last moments. So statistically speaking, we're all rejecting him in the final hours of his life. So stop getting, you know, on this high ask horse. Ask yourself that. You know? yeah. So. yeah, ask yourself that. How many how many situations in your life is there no other explanation than God protected you or had your back or saw you through or was there with you or blessed you? How many miracles can you say there's no other explanation other than God? Yeah. Right? Mm. And yet every time Every time we deny Jesus, just like Peter did, he saw all those miracles and he denied Christ three times. Mm -hmm. e and even creepier, Jesus was like, hey, you're going to do this. Right. And he's thinking, yeah, okay. I, I've, I've had people, I mean, to, to that point, I've had people say, you know, I, I'm, they're like having health problems and they're really nervous and, um, and they're going for, for tests and all this stuff. And, um, and they're like, you know, please pray for me because, you know, I, it seems like I got cancer. My doctor's saying this stuff. Pray for them. Like, God, you know, please help them. They go in for their test. They're like, oh, it's okay. It came back negative. It was just a mole. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that was a miracle. Well, no, no, it was just negative. Like, I didn't even have cancer to begin with. It wasn't a healing. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't know at that moment. Yeah, and could've... we prayed and we interceded on behalf. And, and now... You don't have it. You're sure of that. Thank God that like, we're okay. It's like, oh, no, but 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 it it wasn't there. Jesus well, cleanses the leper. And what does he say afterwards? Yeah. He says, now go present yourself to the priest right. and make an offering. Yeah. Like, go be thankful. Yeah. Go sac God sacrifice some of his power for you to be healed. Now go sacrifice yeah. some of your power for him. Well, the, 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 the story and it also reminds me of, and I'll kind of wrap up with this, with this kid, you know, on the playing on the roof of the house and. Shouldn't have been up there anyway, <clears throat> but he's 
playing up there and and something happens he slips he loses his footing and he starts to tumble down the the roof and he says god save me and and there's a nail there and it catches his belt and he like it stops him and then he says never mind god the nail got me you know (laughs) and and it's like how often do we do that you know it's like oh this thing but then you think about 20 years earlier some roofer and he's doing this thing and he forgets a nail and he doesn't drive it all the way in and and then maybe he even gets down and says, oh there's a nail you know what never mind i don't know and it's like god preparing in advance (laughs) to save this you know and it's like you know again um just realizing that god is I lived it. I lived it when I, when I broke my rib skateboarding and, yeah. and people prayed and in like two days it was healed, like yeah. two, two cracked ribs. It was just like, I was, I almost didn't thank God because I just thought, wow, like I feel great. I was so focused yeah. on like, well, oh, I can get out of bed. Yeah. I can breathe. I, I, it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. And then it dawned on me. I was like, it, it didn't dawn on me immediately. I'm talking two, two days later, you know, I was like, wait a second. That was God that did that. Right. He heard the prayers and I was like, oh my gosh, like. Right. And I, I got I got on my knees and I said, you know, thank you. I can't believe I I I'm like I'm sorry that I didn't acknowledge what you had done. And, and this is this is the, that's our default. This is the problem with miracles, right? Is that when we're on the front end of the miracle, it seems so big and huge. Mm. Like when we don't have it yet, it's like God give me the miracle, and as soon as we get it, we immediately forget it. <laughs> it's it's like it's a me. It's almost like that. Yeah. It's like that. I mean that that was a a miracle from God working in that situation that healed you. And yet we wake up like, oh, I don't feel pain. Oh, you know what? Like, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal after all. Yeah. You know, it, and, and we kind of like just chalk it up. And it's like, forget, you know, for example, like right now, my, my family, we're, um, uh, we're putting our house on the market and whatever else. So we're going through a lot of, a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, our realtor, when, when she first came through uh, looking at the house, um, she was like looking at our hot water heater. And, uh, and it's, uh, it was installed in 2000. So this is like, 22 years old she's like the average lifespan of a hot water heater is five years and i'm like oh, well hasn't given us any problems and then our furnace and our ac unit and i'm just thinking like I'm like wait a minute this is god's providence and all of this yeah, that he's allowed these things to last and function and and i haven't had to be sidetracked by like replacing all these like major mechanicals and whatever else like this that we had so and and, and it's like sometimes it's so easy to take for granted the miraculous because we lose the miraculous and the mundane. And and after the fact, it's like, again, it's like the ribs healing, it's like the nail, it's like the, oh, you know, the diagnosis was was okay. Um, it's are, like, are, are your eyes open yeah. to the blessings that you have? Are we only focused on the negative? Right. Which is, which is what you see in that case. You're like, oh, this is my problem, I'm in pain, I'm suffering, things aren't going the way I wanted them to go. And it's like, it's like when you are the center of your life and your wants and your needs and your desires aren't being met, you start complaining, Yeah. right? And you're just like, blah, 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 blah. But when God is the center of your life and you see how big he is, all of a sudden it's like, you see all the blessings that he's giving you moment to moment in your life or situation to situation. Yeah. But if you don't put him as Lord of your life, if you don't say it with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and actually follow through with it, you yeah. really make him the Lord of your finances, your marriage, your relationships, your job, what your friendships, you're not focused on him. Right. You're not following Christ. You're not yeah. following Jesus. You're following your desires, your yeah. flesh, you're following your will, not God's will. And, and, and here's the thing that, 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 that again, I, I just like to ponder these questions that we'll never know the answer, but right, we talked about people yelling out for Barabbas, uh, crucify Jesus, give us Barabbas. How many of those people in the crowd had been healed by Jesus, oh, I know. had a loved one healed by Jesus, had, had eaten bread, 
that was or multiplied fish, yeah. or fish multiplied. They saw, or at the very least saw him perform a miracle. How many of those in the crowd saw that? The hand healing. Yeah. Still. And here they are shouting out, crucify him. The centurion servant. Yeah. Like the, the woman with the, uh, you know, chronic bleeding. I mean, the, the widow's son resurrected. Right. I mean, all the things that we're going to explore in Luke, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's like, cause like in our mind, we, we, we can kind of divide the crowds. Like, oh, this is a totally different crowd. It's like, no, like these people, like they, they knew what was going on. They didn't have TV, but they knew what well, was going word, on. Yeah. Word travels so, fast, you know? And it's like, so how many of them, you know, chances are when Jesus came to town, they're all like, oh, let's go see him. Let's go. Oh, we saw like we we're following him around. And then now it's like, oh, crucify. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's crucify him. It's like, well, I, I think it has to do like you, you hear about all this stuff happening. So you go and you reach out to your religious leader yeah. to say like, hey, what's the story I'm hearing about? And it's like, oh, this guy, he's demon possessed and he's he's the devil. He's going around and he's yeah, sure. He's healing people now, but next he'll be burning everybody and, yeah. and, and, or something like that. And, and that's. That's as far as you know, because you've never met the guy. You weren't there. Is it is it true that he healed a man's hand? Ask yourself this. What day was it on? Yeah. What, what does that have to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> Shabbat! He did it on Shabbat! Yeah. You know, like just like right. sh shrieking, yeah. you know? Would, 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 would God, would the Messiah do that? Would he violate the law? No. To do a good deed? <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. The end doesn't justify the means. He he healed on the Sabbath. Next, cats and dogs will be living together. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Next, we'll be eating cheese on burgers. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> with bacon on them. Oh, even worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But, but just think of that. Does John the Baptist eat and drink wine? Yeah. And that's what he's doing. Look at him. Yeah. You know, it's like the kind of things that they, that they, that they said yeah. about him, you know? Yep. So anyhow, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's wrap up. And you know what? I, I'm going to stop predicting how long we're going to stay in this section because uh, like we, we, we barely got any progress. So I, I'm done. We'll stay here until until we're done. And, there, with and we, didn't, we didn't we didn't have Dave with us. Yeah. yeah so I mean, imagine we had our, things third, he had our third year yeah. of being in Luke. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hear what Dave's got to say about five yeah. and six, you know. Yeah, so. So. Anyhow, let's let's go ahead and wrap things up and we'll pick back up where we left off uh, next week. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.